Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring developer advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you? Can you believe it? It's the 16th of November. 16th. That means we're more than halfway through November, which means we have just a month and some, you know, like a half, a little bit less than a half uh, between now and 2024. How we are going to get there from here, I don't know. But we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, probably. Uh, yeah, I just... Oh, it's already mid-November. I'm... Look, I paid my money. I bought the ticket. But I want off this ride. It's moving too quick, okay? Like, uh, it's my fault. But, wow, what a rush. I cannot believe it. November. Uh, you know what's happening in November? Uh, here in the U.S., anyway? Uh, we have Thanksgiving. Famously, uh, a day in which uh, we're thankful, and it's good to be thankful, even if only once a year. <laughs> uh, it's a little ridiculous that we have to do this. We have to have a holiday just to remind people to do it at least once a year. I try to be thankful uh, year-round, but certainly I'm uh, I'm thankful uh, this time of year. For you, not least of all, of course, my friends, uh, dear community, uh, and of course, just for the, uh, you know, the I hate to say the word blessings, but just for the luxuries and, uh, and and indulgences and kindnesses that life has afforded me somebody who you know i don't know i don't know why i'm i don't know for whatever reason i'm worthy but i just feel very lucky uh and so i am thankful uh for all those that have uh, made it so and uh, i just want to say that there i've registered it it's out in the internet it's in it's in the it's in the the bites of this uh, podcast it, it's a fact now it's, it's out in the internet you can't lie on the internet so that's part one you know what else is happening this week uh sorry month not week, <laughs> month, Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, and Spring Boot 3.2. 3.2 comes out the day of uh, Thanksgiving, which is um, super good, really convenient. That's going to make... Thanksgiving is on hey. Thursday, November 23rd, 2023. Thank you, Siri. Did you hear that? She's just trying to help. Uh, it is the 23rd, next Thursday, a week hence. So the next episode of this podcast uh, and uh, Thanksgiving, and much more importantly... Spring Boot 3.2 will all drop next Thursday, seven, day, seven days away from now. Um, is that right? No. No. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Seven days. So today's the 16th, uh, and then tomorrow's the 7th. It's the 23rd. So, yeah, it, what is, you know, 16 uh, minus 23 is 7. So, yeah, seven days. Um, and uh, that new release, my friends. Oh, so good. I, it's just so good. Remember, we're celebrating 10 years of Spring Boot um, and so, you know, uh, 10 years since the early access builds, April 1, 2024 will be the f 10 years since the first GA release of Spring Boot, which is also in of itself super duper good. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, okay, so let's talk about Spring Boot 3.2. There's just so many huge things. First and foremost, friends, I mean, I've said this before, but you're leaving money on the table if you don't upgrade. Get to Java 21. And uh, take advantage of Project Loom. Virtual thread support, right? That support is there now. It's going to be uh, uh, in Java 20. It's already in Java 20, 21. Java 21 came out in September. It's it, They did their part. We're doing our part now, okay? Like, Java is already amazing. Java 21 is so, so important. And then Spring Boot 3.2, one little property, and now it's taking advantage of all that uh, virtual thread goodness as well. It's awesome, okay? That's huge. So, obviously... To me, that's the, I mean, if none of the other features appeal to you, then this one should. First of all, because it's painless, it does. It requires literally no input from you, save for the specification of one property, spring.threads.virtual.enabled equals true. That's it. 
Uh, and you can do that as an environment variable, so you literally don't have to change any code. You can just change the config for your uh, for your runtime. And of course, this this includes all the stuff that's been there before. I mean, I know that's a, like an obvious thing that shouldn't need to be said, but remember, we have test containers, we have dynamic uh, Docker Compose support, we have GraalVM and native images, we have uh, you know just the most valuable, most productive uh, way to build applications on the server side. Uh, full stop bar none, right? We already have that. So we've got that all. Now we're improving upon it with virtual thread support. Now, of course, if that were all, it would still be one hell of an upgrade, but that's not. There's a bunch of other stuff that's kind of interesting uh, in, in, in its own way as well. So Kotlin 1.9 support, love that. Uh, we Initial crack support, so coordinated restore at checkpoint support, right? Crack is a really, really amazing way uh, to build applications um, that start up super quick. Right? The idea is that you have a pass you have a, a passivation callback, a life cycle, uh, in which an application can clean up its state and then the operating system through the magic that is Cryo, right? It's a Linux only technology, Cryo can uh, then snapshot the state of the uh, uh, the application and then use that to then restart the application and then with that same life cycle callback, restore the state um, uh, as it was. So basically you have an application with a database. The database is live. It's got a socket to a uh, an actual Postgres or MySQL or whatever. Well, obviously, when you take a snapshot of that image, the last thing you want is that socket, the memory of that socket, you know, the, the, the live network socket. That makes no sense. When you restart the image, that network socket won't be the same. It makes no sense to keep it, therefore. But everything else, your data structures, your, your configuration, the objects that make up the dispatcher servlet for your Spring MVC stuff, uh, you know, everything that makes this sort of makeup of your application, all of that is exactly as, as it was. It's just the ephemeral stuff, file, file system pointers and you know file system nodes and uh, uh, network sockets, those kind of things, you want to cauterize, you want to you know, close them up uh, right before you take the, the snapshot. That way when you restart them, it's the, you know, with the same life cycle, you'll recreate those things anew because it makes no sense to keep them, right? They're not going to be valid anyway. Um, you might, after all, restart that new image on a new machine. So it makes no sense. Again, the, the socket is tied to a native thing in the operating system that might be a totally different operating system by the time you restart it, or at least a totally different instance of a, 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 a totally different node, basically. All that to say, um, there's a life cycle there. And so Project Crack brings that life cycle, and now Spring supports that as well. So now you can take advantage of this, and you get, like, I love Gravium. I do. I love Gravium very much. But in terms of startup speed, Project Crack, I found, has... It's almost got it's it's got it beat. It's not it's not not huge, but it's enough that hey, if that's what you want, there's a there's a real reason uh, just to use that, you know, especially for serverless or whatever kind of use cases, scale to zero, K native, whatever. Then you want uh, Project Crack, right? Or, or coordinated and restore at checkpoint, C R A C, right? Um, what else? There's also the new clients. Oh, I've been waiting for these for so long. This is part of Spring Framework 6.1, which is also shipping with Spring Boot 3.2. We have the new R2, uh, you know, the uh, JDBC and REST clients. And these clients are fluid DSL builder style APIs uh, for, for talking to a JDBC data source and to make HTTP network calls. In the, in the style of the reactive R2DBC client or the reactive uh, um, uh, web client, right? We have those, um, but they're fluid, and they're also not. They don't require the reactive stack, so you can use them in a non-blocking 
uh, fashion with Project Loom, but you don't have to learn or manage or work with or think about uh, the, your interactions with that API in terms of the reactive stack. So it's a really good option here, right? If you're using Project Loom and you don't mind blocking, uh, or at least you don't mind running on virtual threads so you can use the blocking API with, uh, with impunity and uh, guilt-free, then this is amazing, and I love the builder style. I quite—it's more composable. It's more granular, so I can, uh, you know, I can opt in to certain kinds of things. Whereas with the REST template, it's all or nothing. Either there's a method that does what I want with convenience, uh, or there isn't at all. Right? Same thing for the JDBC template. So this is—I like these styles of fluid, you know, granular sort of uh, composable uh, API calls. Um, and uh, we've also got uh, the uh, reloadable SSL support. So, you know, in Spring Boot 3.2, sorry, 1, in May, uh, we introduced, or was it April? I think it's April. In April, we released, um, uh, was it April or May? I don't even remember. What was six months ago? Uh, June. I guess it was May. So it would have been, would have been May, right? Okay, so in May, we introduced um, SSL trust materials, right? So if you think about all the places in, in your typical uh, uh, application where you need certificates and keys and uh, and just uh, integrations with trust stores, you know, your your Cassandras, your Postgres, your, uh, your your MongoDBs, your whatever, right? All these different things, RabbitMQ and uh, your Tomcat and your Netty and all, all of them have a concept of conducting their day-to-day -day business, but over encrypted uh, uh, or, uh, you know, at least um, authenticated um, certificate, you know, certified network traffic, right? So you basically have a, a, a certificate there that says that uh, this data is encrypted and uh, it, it says that it's who it belongs. It belongs to this uh, authority and, um, you know, it's just better. So you've seen that before. You go to the browser, HTTPS, you get the padlock, all that. Um, before, three, before Spring Boot 3.1, that was a disparate set of keys that didn't sometimes look the same or behave the same across all these different projects, right? And so we unified that in, in 3.1. We have this thing called a, a um, what is it, a trusted material, basically. We have a, a key bundle or a PEM bundle. I think it's PEM bundle, but anyway, we have a, a unified thing. You can configure a bundle of certificates and then point to that bundle anywhere in your program, right? In, in, your, in your web server config, you can say, hey, I've got some keys, use that in your database, in your message queue, whatever, wherever, wherever it makes sense to have that, uh, you can do that. One thing that we've, that people have wanted is they want reloadable certificates. So if I want to expire the certificate, I don't want to have to restart the server. Now I don't need to. You can drop in the certificate and then just replace it live, right? It'll get reloaded. And it's pretty ingenious. I mean, the, there's already the registry that allows you to change the bundle. You could already do this yourself. All we did was we wrote a file watcher. So when you deposit that bundle, when you deposit that key uh, in a place where uh, we know to look for it, we'll make sure if it, if it changes that we'll then swap it out for you. We'll call that registry and update the bundle for you. It's uh, just really good stuff there. Um, whew, yeah, uh, all of this, all of this comes in less than a week or in a week, in a week and some change, in a, in a few hours. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm grateful for that. I cannot wait for that release. There's so many good things. Uh, I was thinking about it, Spring Boot, is 10 years old, like like since the early access uh, 0.04 release uh, in uh, 2013. Um, but I've known our guest today for a good deal longer than that, which is pretty surprising to be honest with you, because the last 10 years has just sort of flown by. Although, to be fair, to be fair, 
uh, everything since 2020 has felt a little weird, hasn't it? It's sort of like uh, before COVID and after, right? So, uh, you know, we, here we are staring down year 2024, which means we're four years into this uh, weird odyssey of a decade. Um, and um, so those, there's there's at least two years that don't really count. But, but you know what I'm saying. I've known this next person forever, I, since... 2010, I think, and uh, his name is Alexis Musin uh, Pushkin. He's a uh, when I first met him, he worked at Oracle. He's an Oracle developer advocate uh, for Java, or maybe he's actually on the Java. I don't know. He's 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 got roots in the Java ecosystem. He was at Oracle for a good long time, and at Sun before that. Uh, he's just a legend in the community. Now, to my chagrin, he's been at uh, Google for almost 10 years. I think it's been 10 years, which blows my mind because I remember him being the Oracle guy. Like I always talked to him. Um, uh, so, you know, the world is just very, very interesting, and, and uh, the, the, I, I think about Sun Microsystems a lot, the Sun, the tribes of Sun Microsystems, and in my mind, uh, perhaps with a bit of bias, I think of Pivotal as being the same sort of environment, the same sort of place, the same sort of consequen consequential um, flash-in-the-pan uh, uh, organization that, you know, Changed the world. I mean, it, it really did. It, I mean, we created Spring Boot at Pivotal. We uh, we helped enable microservices. We helped build that revolution. We helped build a, a cloud platform uh, called Cloud Foundry that that uh, you know it is the bar by which people measure productivity on a on a on a cloud platform as a service these days, right? Uh, we helped build uh, uh, and uh, scale out and open source things like uh, uh, Apache Geode, and we have uh, maintained RabbitMQ and uh, just a and, just a bunch of other things. Did you know, we, did you know that uh, uh, Redis was there for the first several years of its existence, right? Redis wouldn't be nearly where it is today without Pivotal, right? It was just, just an amazing time, a really, truly amazing uh, uh, moment in time. And, I, and the bench of people that were there. I mean, we had the person who created OpenStack. We had the person who uh, worked on, uh, who created EC2, right? Like in, in Amazon Web Services. We had... Um, Oh my goodness! We had the, we, obviously we had the Spring team. We had the the lead contributors to Tomcat. We had uh, some of the lead contributors to Apache. We had I mean just this incredible deep bench of people that were punching well above their weight, uh, and so it was just a very exciting time. And I think about that. So so uh, Alexis, he was he was part of the tribes of Sun. I'll never forget my uh, uh, first encounters with him. Uh, and I you know he speaks French and I speak French, but French is not my first language and. Uh, so sometimes I feel a little shy, and he told me something I'll never forget, and this has been, I've even asked people if this is true uh, since then, and it, apparently it is. My French, while good, certainly you could ask him and he would confirm as much, uh, while my French, while good, uh, is apparently even better when I have less inhibition. And you know when I have less inhibition? When, I'm, uh, when I've had a drink or two, right, as, as human beings are wont to do. Uh, and so, so apparently the trick to mastering a language is, uh, or to speaking it with more proficiency is just to, just to have, have a little drink. <laughs> and he told me that. He says, your French is better when you're drunk. I'm like, really? That's, that's funny. But also, it stuck with me. Um, anyway, my friend, the amazing, the wonderful, uh, the legendary uh, French, uh, uh, um, you know, he's, a, he's, he's huge all around the world, but he's a, a, an icon in, in, the, in, in France because, of course, of, of his involvement in the local community there. So uh, the amazing... Alexis Musin Pushkin and I had a chance to catch up at Devux Belgium this year. Which, by the way, here we are now. Uh, goodness, it's been at least a month, 
um, since that event, and I'm still buzzing with excitement over that event. I, I had so much fun. The energy from that show alone. It was, uh, yeah, spring one, the first spring one that we did since the pandemic in person in Las Vegas was my number one event for the year, and that's a huge, you know, obviously. First, I love spring one, and it's the first one since 2019 in person, right? So there's that. Uh, and then very shortly after that, very, very quickly after that comes comes uh, DevOps Belgium. That was one heck of a ride. I, I what, an, what an electric show this year. I, something about it, my friends. I couldn't, can't place my finger on it. I've tried. I've tried many a time to capture it. But part of it was just seeing old friends and new alike, like Alexis there. Um, he and I bumped into each other at countless shows over the years. But uh, certainly, I had DevOps. He, he's a staple there. And uh, it's just a really good privilege for me to catch up with him. Okay, my friends, enjoy the episode. Happy Thanksgiving. If, you, if you're in the States and you celebrate, or if you're an American and you celebrate uh, abroad, um, and uh, I'm thankful for all of you, no matter what, doesn't matter if you celebrate, uh, and, uh, and uh, see you next week. And, and try out Spring, that, spring Boot through that too. Start that Spring Day out. Go, go, go. Try it out. We need to know if there's anything uh, that's a blocker. You know, now's a good time. Let us know. Hurry up. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, good. And this is, we're also using the voice isolation thing. This is a Mac OS thing. I think I saw Marcus Brownlee. You mean, you mean I couldn't get this on my Chromebook? You probably could. I'm sure it's better, but like they finally have it in the Mac, you know, like, uh, um, actually, have, well, so the thing is, I'm confused. They have this thing called Crisp, which is voice. This is like AI, and this, this worked in old things, you know, older devices, and I'm sure it works on Android and Linux and everything else as well. But now they have a, in the Mac itself, right? Or at least in the iPhone, you can actually make a phone call and do voice isolation, and it does AI voice isolation in the thing. Anyway, my point is, hopefully people can hear us. We're live at DevOps Belden 2023. 2023. But this, right now, the CU, it just feels like it could have been 2013, right? Or 20, it should have been, yeah. Right? Actually, we're celebrating 20 years of DevOps. I know. Uh, what was your first one? 2009. Nine. Right? Which is, I know. And, uh, what happened? I missed, I was, you know, I was not, I wasn't part of this uh, discussion really until about 2009, right? Like it's, and now I feel like I- So you've only known the, uh, DevOps, not the Java poll is old. No, no, I have shirts and I, you know, like I wanted to, but yeah, I just got into the discussion later, right? And and that's the thing. I I joined the spring team after it got acquired. Okay. And I'm thinking, oh well, I get to watch this thing like right off in the sunset, right? Because you know, what technology lives for more? You know, you don't get to have like in the Java ecosystem being around and being popular and being successful. That back in the day, you remember web work? Hey, buddy, I remember web work and struts and yeah. all. Oh yeah. You get like five years, and then if there's anything after that, it's like. Luck, you know. Here we are, twenty years. Well, spring and twenty years of Java listening. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's called DevOps, and everybody thought you know you'd be moving away from Java because Java, of course, was exactly. dying. Everybody says so every year. We hear everybody saying Java's dead, you know, and still, still very much a prominent language everywhere. You know, I, I know at Google we see it very much. As, oh yeah, it's one of the top languages. What's the top? Is it Go? It's not Go. No, it's not Go. It's not Go. Well, Go is. I mean, it addresses some very yeah. specific use cases. Yeah. Oh, Broad language for yeah. lots of those stuff. People love it. Yeah, but it's just not at the level of it, it, it's not the, set, the same ecosystem. It's not the same community. Right. And, and yeah, so it's doing great. Yeah, it's just not at the level of um, Java or even Python. Right. These days, Python with, Python, with Java, AI. Java, right? That's what I'm yeah. hearing. Yeah, I mean the little thing I am a little bit worried about is you know the the room 
and, and the, the role Java plays in AI. You know, it seems to be Python all the way. So they're, yeah. our, they're taking our lunch money. Yeah. That's so sure. So my my buddy uh, Guillaume Laforge was he, here. Uh, well, he's coming. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So you need to do another, another one. Another with one with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he has a talk about you know Java as a, as a first class citizen. Yeah. Um, in, in AI in general. Of course he does. Uh, um, can't wait to see that. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful, but you know, there's ways to go for for Java to be really that first. And they're trying, but like, uh, so I think Project Panama, Valhalla, all this kind of still stuff yep. to optimize. You know, whatever. It, it, don't ever count Java out. That's the yep. lesson here. Like, yeah, um, just when you think it's done, they introduce Lambdas. Just when you think it's done, they introduce Project Loom. Yeah, when they think it's done. It's always, you know, and every now and then there's missteps. I mean, like, do you remember the JavaFX script? Yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I remember even the uh, JavaFX. Like, see, some people would pronounce it a bit fast, and then oh no no no. Yeah. So the name itself was, was a non-starter. Uh, right. Sorry, folks. I was I was still I was still at Oracle, uh, or even Sun. Sun, yeah, clearly Sun. Yeah, I, I spent a decade uh, yeah. at Sun. Yeah, and then a couple of years at Oracle, and now at, at Google. Yeah. So still Did very much straight to Google. So how long you've been at Google now? Ten years. Uh it's been ten plus. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen I've seen a bunch of things. My first DevOps as a Googler, as we call ourselves, um, there was no cloud at Google. Like we were talking Android, HTML5. Remember HTML5? I, I still like it. Yep. Still yep. impressed. <laughs> to me, I don't need HTML6. It, HTML5 is amazing. It really is good. And so uh, yeah, learned a lot. You know, I, I kind of went away from server side for for a little while. Learned a lot from the web folks, the mobile folks, and you know, we're back into backend stuff so it was in the cloud too though right like yeah. that's oh absolutely yeah so that's the thing i think java you just we just talked about java yeah the reason it still continues to be amazing is because what else would you build a just giant a giant distributed system with yeah but yeah, i mean if, if, if you're lucky to start from scratch maybe go is something you want to look into yeah but yeah no java because of you know people know java yeah. you know so if, if you want to hide so the biggest problem for cloud in general is companies don't have enough skilled people Right. That's the number one thing we we okay. see. So that's why we, we we try to help people with training and certifications, all these things. Right. I think it, it still matters at this time of uh, of day for cloud. But for Java, we're, we're there. Like there's massive, there's critical mass. Oh, it's really for for yeah. just about anything. It's our ball game to lose at this yeah. point. Right. Go Go is clearly not there yet. You know. And so and now that we have Project Loom and Graviem native images and all that, I don't know if Go is gonna. I think. Honestly, there's a lot of use cases for which Go might have been better yeah. two weeks ago before Loom. That now I I don't know if people can right. make that decision. Did you look, did you look at uh, Kotlin server side native all these things? Yeah, I'm a yeah. Google developer. So I'm a big fan. Okay, but also like Java, don't let's don't discount Java. It is an amazing piece of kit, right? Yeah, uh, I'm a, I love Kotlin though. Yeah, yeah, great syntax. Right, and just to clarify, when I was saying you know Java is still very big. What I see, this is not internal code. Like we still have a lot of things written in Java sure, internally, sure. but from our customers and people using Google Cloud, clearly Java is the very top. Yeah. You know, alongside probably Python, but uh, everything else is way behind. And I and I and so this is again decades, decades in the Java ecosystem you've got here. Uh, uh, so one thing that's kind of interesting: Have you followed the new uh, Java Twenty One Data Oriented Programming? I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, yeah, yeah, looks silly when I have a conversation about it. You okay? If uh, yeah, well, there's no the day that you look silly is the day I don't want to be in Java, right? Like that's just a ridiculous. Okay, that, it does not happen. It's an, a factual improbability. But uh, there's this uh, um, 
Ryan gets God, I have to, I need coffee. Just, uh, what? Uh, you worked with him. You might have known him. Yeah, yeah. That guy? Yeah. Uh, Brian Gibbs was talking about, uh, you know, you got steel types, pattern matching, and uh, records, and all these things taken together. He's calling it Tato into Kroger. I'm just like, that's so cool. He They, they silently, quietly unleashed a whole new paradigm. Yeah. Just to make it like, oh, by the way, you want to support this whole style of programming, by the way? Now you can. Java is just as good as almost anything else. Yeah. That. yeah thanks. Great. Yeah. No, I think it's... um. We we see a bunch of things like remember JDO, yeah, oh. that was a long time ago. JDO, oh, and the uh, link, in, yeah, on the other side of the oh yeah, in .net, yeah, yeah, C sharp yeah. link, yeah, yeah, and then it also had Apache OJB, yeah, and actually JDO, I remember thinking like okay, they were sending like all parts here. Oh yeah, I mean, I still think JDO was actually because it had more lifecycle events, it had more yeah. hooks, it was actually a better way to make it work than JPA. It's just JPA is simpler to rock i don't use either to be fair do you think it's simpler yeah i don't know i think jdo is more natural and yeah. object oriented i mean if you get into but, but then people are so used to relational models and do you win what's that do you win better genie or ejb i know which one i would choose any day twice on Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. genie yeah right of course. A super elegant yeah. future i mean it's it's it's, a, it's nothing is more cloud native auto scaling bursty and dynamic than genie i mean that yep. and rendezvous and you know these yep. kinds of uh, sun was just decades ahead of his time for some reason they backed uh yeah i mean we instead you know sun i i say still we but yeah you know, we we miss a lot of things you know I, I know a lot of people like to think about sun being this amazing company which it was like i, I so enjoyed this time uh but we got a lot of crap also and we weren't good at everything like like people tend to remember the good things which is nice i like that but um, hey i mean uh like uh i remember when the, they changed the stock ticker to java that was that was a little cringe but also really cool yeah really cool. i know jonathan schwartz really yeah. wanted this and it, it was just to create the conversation right you know people noticed and that was all we were hoping for. And there's a Linux distro. Do you remember that full page ad in the, in the New York Times, whatever? For... So Solaris X86? No, the, the so, Linux. Oh, oh the Linux. Oh, the um, Linux Java desktop. Java desktop system. Yeah. Yeah. And that 3D um, UI. Window, yeah. 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 That was ahead of its time. People don't remember how cool these things were. And back they are, you can't see this in the, in the camera, friends, but there's a baby, literally a baby, um, <laughs> behind us, uh, showing us how it's done. Yeah, yeah, more agile than I am before I've had my coffee in the morning. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, like uh, I just I remember Sun. I remember, and the reason I remember Sun is because amazing people like you, the the the, the tribes of Sun, you know. Uh, yeah, well, some of us are at other at Google, people. and they're, they're all over the place. Some are are our friends, but but the reason you're at Google is because you did great things at Sun. You know what I'm saying? They're well, very lucky to have you at Google. You well, make, well, you thank you, but amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I followed a lot of little good good people. Which seems to be uh, the thing I do. Yeah. All of us, man, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Oh, absolutely. So you you're at Google Cloud doing yep. what? Like, are you the are you the lead of it all? Do you do you are you the one that created it? What's no? So uh, so Google Cloud is obviously a cloud that you know a lot of developers can do lots of things with. Um, you should. You definitely should. I think you know Google Cloud came after. The other ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether it's AWS or or or, or even Azure, and I think um, we we were able to build something that's very cloud and develop developer friendly. I think, uh, I, you know, I it starts. Yeah, hot take on this. So 
I love platform as a service. Yep. I love having as few choices as possible. And I want things to work really nicely together. You want the batteries included often? Yeah. No, no, I don't want extra. I don't want all the batteries. I want one good thing. Opinionated. As opposed to five million just throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks kind of thing. Yeah. And Google Cloud feels like this really well curated, clean, integrated experience. And I'm so, not saying you have got every little checkbox, but I don't need those checkboxes. So we, uh, we only have two ways of running containers. Oh, is that only two? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, do you want Kubernetes underneath? Okay. Great. Right. It's called it's called you know uh, Kubernetes engine. If you right. want, if you don't care, if you want the serverless approach. Like, don't you don't right. need to open the trunk and then look what's what's inside. Cloud run is is it? Well, but yeah. That's what I'm saying. I really like Google's approach because it, it has all the checkboxes I need, yeah. and I and I reckon all the checkboxes most people will need. Yeah. I don't know what the use cases are, but I know if you look at like a you know, because like I, I think Amazon just spend all their time adding checkboxes, and I don't know what it's a stuff does. It's just not useful to me. It's a different approach. I mean, they're really good at listening to customers, and sure. if customers have enough money to have them, you know, build a new product, implement yeah. that other checkbox, they'll do it. And it you know what? They're listening to customers. I I, I get that. I don't know that the end result is super, you know, comprehensive. Yeah. It's comprehensive, cohesive, uh, or or fast. No. It's complicated. It's, and it makes me feel stupid, and I don't like it. Whereas Google Cloud, <laughs> I love it. I'm a huge fan, huge. And uh, I'm busy. Well, because also Kubernetes, I can run uh, tons of application platform on top of GKE, no problem, right? Like I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, Kubernetes is just. Uh, just it's funny how people have amazing. forgot that. Uh, I think we can say we invented Kubernetes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people forgot about it. So which is nice because it means it's grown to like people know Kubernetes. They yeah, yeah. like it or they don't. They feel it's. You know, overkill sometimes, and that's why Cloud Run exists. Yeah, uh, but I don't need, even. I love Cloud Run. That's key native, which is another that, thing yeah. that Google had a huge hand in yep. crafting, creating, yep. and birthing. You know, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're working on that stuff. Yeah, uh, these things. So it's a lot about um, generative AI these days, of course. So it's it's all the things. It's building apps, of course. Yeah, and that's any language, but you know, Java obviously remains my preferred one. Me too. Yeah, it's it, it's also. Uh, yep. Yeah. There's oh, so that's the thing, you know, Cloud Run or, or anything serverless, you know, cold starts is still a thing. Yeah. We still need to worry about these things. So, you know, we, we have options to, to keep instances warm. We yeah. can, but at the end of the day, your app and your stack really matters. And we can't do better than what your app can do. Right. Um, so, um, so yeah. So, you know, running all your apps, um, getting, Getting them to be smart and yeah. getting to call all the APIs that we have, whether it's data or AI, and AI is a big thing these days. Obviously, that's but again, what we talk about. To Google's credit, before years ago, long before OpenAI and ChatGPT and all this, you had like uh, object detection and vision yep. APIs that were just phenomenal in Google Cloud. That you can just yep. if, if you've got a token, if you're authenticated to Google Cloud, yep. you can now call that stuff and use so, apps. Yeah, you know, so that's like uh, pre-trained models. Yeah. So we, we train it, it's generic enough that it works for you. Yeah. I think the value here today with all this Gen AI thing and is how about I wanna make it really smart for my business because yeah. I will enrich the model and re, like, you know, make it more sophisticated with my own data. And right. I don't wanna start from scratch. I don't need a PhD to build a model from scratch. I can do this because I'm going to feed it, you know, hundreds of thousands of PDFs about contracts that I have in my company. Right. And from there, I'm going to learn and have something that's really smart. Um, you know, context. just, yeah, the context that we're able to add in a fairly easy way without needing that PhD is, is 
I think super powerful. Like the cloud itself, it's it's kind of a new thing. Like the yeah. cloud itself, the things you can do, yeah. like you just, you know, a few clicks, just a couple of command lines and you have a power at your hand. It's it's amazing all the things you can do. Now with AI, we're getting to like well, new levels. So another thing that Google has just done and they've proven they can do it before anybody else is doing it, because again, you've got literally, the, it's synonymous, the, the term Google scale. We all know what that means. It means impossibly large, world-spanning, yeah. globe-spanning scale. And uh, so one of the, you get economies of scale at that scale, right? You, I, I use the word scale too much now, I have to leave. But, but uh, basically, you get economies of scale. So you had Google Cloud Spanner. Yeah. You can't do Spanner on your machine. It just doesn't, the whole point is that it's Google Cloud scale, right? Yeah, yeah, atomic clocks, making yeah. the whole thing look like, it is yeah. distributed. I mean, it's like billion dollar data centers. Like breaking the cap theorem. Yeah. Kind of physics bending. Yeah. Insane exactly. kind of stuff. And that's so you're when you use Google Cloud, the idea that I can tap into that infrastructure. Yeah. And the same thing for now AI. Like, yeah, I can do an LLM on my machine, but it's just not going to have the model. It's not going to have the data. It's yeah. not going to fit, you know? Yeah. 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 Having Google manage that is just a huge, huge win. And you can't do that. It's not about like, can I run it on-prem? You could, but it's just not going to be the same scale. The scale is the feature. Right. That infrastructure, that prowess, that, that skill, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the cloud itself, because of the uh, the cost being brought down, the ability to have massive amounts of data brought a lot of things. Yeah. You, know, you could have some cloud native ways of, of analyzing the data. And yeah, I mean, there's there's no AI if there's no data. So <laughs> it, it starts with data. And, and yeah. so you need to be able to store it, to access it and, to build those AI models, yeah, I mean, and we do this in house. Like right. we, like Google Brain is is one house. Uh, DeepMind, we merge the two teams, and yeah. we have the main. Like, if our customers have an issue with AI or they have suggestions, we can talk to the engineers that build that. Oh. This isn't like you know uh, there's, there's relying on other like, and we're pretty open about right. using other people's models. Like we have a model garden where you know you want llama from Facebook, sure it's there. Uh, you want ours, Palm. It's it's. Can I ask you questions about AI? Actually, so my understanding. Are you? You can, can try. Talk, okay. Can you talk about Bard? I can talk about Bard, but talk, Bard talks. No, it doesn't need us to talk about it. It can do it itself. Uh, Bard is your LLM. It's a freaking phenomenal LLM, and it has. It's gotten even just in the last two or three months, or whatever, since it was unearthed, yeah. unveiled. It's gotten way better to the point now where I can use it almost all the time, and. Again, because of I think it's the Google magic here. It seems to be aware of new stuff. Yeah, it's getting so, updated. Whereas the yeah. other one, um, distinguished competition. Seems stuck all right. Yeah. No. No. You're you're right. Yeah. You're right. It, it's plugged into. It's it's you know. Um, there's no date after which it knows nothing. Right. It, it's yeah. Perpetually being updated. Um, guest card. Hello. Hello. And so. Uh, oh. And so, um, yeah, Bard is, um, so it's it's like the end user version, you know, accessing our LLM that is yep. called Palm. So obviously there's a programmatic way and API, everything you need to access Palm. And, you know, so one of the things we did and we're showing here is we have quizzes powered by Gen AI. So <laughs> quizzes, you know, you give it a topic and then it builds a prompt out of that, generates questions. There's one right answer and right. there's obviously, you know, other false answers. So it comes up with those false answers. Yeah. And and this is an ability to create quizzes that the earth, you, mankind has never seen before. Like, and with no limits. So did you... So, and it's built on LLM. So BARD is one end user right. use case, right. which is very generic. Ask it questions, do work for you, you know, give me... 
you know, drop a photo. Yeah. And tell, ask me what you see in it. Yeah. Which is very, yeah, we, we could, that's a vision API, which we used to have for a long while, but yeah. that's really exposed to the end user. Or, you know, an architecture diagram, drop it in BART. And you're like, any scalability concerns with this thing? Any security concerns with this thing? Stop Try it. Any architecture in a box? I, I don't know how good it is, but I'm sure no. it's, I mean, it, it can read the internet. It has the internet at its fingertips. Yeah. It's, and so, wow. What I'm getting to also is the multimodal thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's tech. That's true. But there's the, the images. Image and of course, you can generate images, you can generate audio, you can generate lots of things. So it's, uh, it's kind of mind boggling. I, you know, uh, I need to keep up with, you know, what's, what's possible and all the underlying technologies try to see how. So when, when, when we had those arduous debates about JDO versus OJB versus uh, CMP versus yeah. JPA, like does all that seem a little silly now that we have computers that we can yeah, ask questions? It, totally seems, it all just seems so. Silly. Yeah, I know. You know, Spring versus J2EE. 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 Come on, I'm going to Come on, man. Come on. And then, by the way, J2EE, 11, looking great, but I guess I got pushed back until a little bit later next year, which is, you know, we supported 10 already in Spring. We were the first framework to support J2EE 10 and waiting for 11. Anyway, all that stuff, it just seems so freaking like you and I, we write Cardi brackets for a living. And now we're sitting here in Belgium eating delicious fries and, uh, and chocolate. Yeah, yeah, okay. You, people, uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but there is nothing in your accent that would betray the fact that you're actually French. Oh, so. We're, we're accent? Yeah, accent. Oh, what? I, I don't have an accent. <laughs> but okay, so uh, very important controversial question here. Who invented the fries? Was it the French or the Belgians? Oh, as a French person, I will uh, absolutely tell you that uh, the best fries are from Belgium. Uh, they, they know how to cook the fries, uh, how to yes. fry the fries. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. Mayonnaise, of course. Like, nothing else is better. Okay, we did it. Anything else we should leave them with? Lots of stuff. That, uh, just go and try Google Cloud. Google Cloud. Yeah. It's kind of big. It's huge. It's great. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of you, brother. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned for more. Bye. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the 
production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.